Welcome to the award-winning podcast, The Academy Academy, the show that discovers the absolute, undeniable, and scientifically proven greatest performance in your favorite actor's esteemed career. I'm Don Saunderson. And I'm Patrick Remian. And, um, you know, uh, people don't know that this is like the first time uh, Don and I have recorded in the same uh, apartment. And I just uh, used your restroom, Don. Thank you. And uh, you understood? uh, You understood kind of the, the tools? I was, we have say, in the restroom? I was, I was a little, I know this is rude, but you're out of toilet paper, dude. You're out of, I don't know. It's Patrick. What the hell's your boggle? What? Yeah, what? that's right. folks. <laughs> that's right. We're talking demolition, man. Just this had week. These three seashells. <laughs> I wish uh, boiling point were as quotable and had as many stupid moments as that, but uh... <laughs> yeah, not a lot of no three man. If boiling point just randomly had a three seashells riff. I, that would have been that would have been uh, more jump kicks. We'll get to it in just a moment. The jump <laughs> kick is a big tease, though, um, yeah. because there's lacking in jump kicks and a little bit more kind of morose third rate heat kind yeah. of vibes. <laughs> um, just a bunch of really sad middle aged craggly guys. Yeah. Do they and have Wesley problems? <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it does hit some Academy Academy check marks. Do they have problems with their wives or girlfriends? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Neapolitan ice cream of wife problems. I think we should send a red and Vigo, whose character name I'm forgetting. Like and Ronnie, course, I think. Ronnie and Jimmy, they should all go to Burt Reynolds uh, men's club and starting over. Maybe that would have uh, yeah. solved some problems. I can hang out with uh, Mr. Author Author himself. Wallace Shawn and uh, Austin Pendleton. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, we got yeah, and these, these are such different movies than that. Um, but we gotta get to our guest. We got a terrific, terrific guest this week. Improviser, podcaster, writer, Amichi Nugwe is here for us uh on the show today. Uh Amichi, thank you. Welcome to the Academy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh happy to be here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Um for rip roaring double feature of Wesley Snipes films this week uh both from 1993 uh one thing I did read too is that this is hot on the heels of his performance in Passenger 57 and the both these kind of he's hot this is as hot as he is probably in his entire career so they're trying to pump out wesley snipes movies as fast as possible and i think both of these films might show the signs of kind of the desire to just get them out rather than let them simmer a bit maybe percolate in their uh storytelling and direction and so forth and the egos involved Are there too? Uh, but uh, before we dive in on these two fascinating movies, Amici, we gotta know everybody's dying. 
to hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your Snipes saga? Uh, initial Snipes, Wesley Snipes memories, movies. Are you a fan? <laughs> All these questions uh, come to mind. Yeah, um, I'm a fan. Um, I guess I haven't seen too much of his more recent films, but um, the first one I, I saw was definitely Demolition Man. Mm. Um, I remember watching that uh, as a, a younger a younger man. And uh, yeah, just like really sort of in, in, enjoying that like quite a bit. Like um, mm-hmm. just the, uh, the concept is his, <laughs> his role, his, uh, yeah, you know, just. Um, it is like yeah. a pretty cool, I feel like this is like his, um, I feel like that's like the kind of like the biggest villain. Ah, never mind. I was gonna say he was the biggest villain since the Joker, but like, or like maybe that's not true at all because there's a bunch of movies with a bunch of villains between that. But it, I feel like, yeah, Snipes definitely showcases a lot of Joker energy in that movie. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would say that for sure. It's a very wild movie that you know Patrick and I before you jumped on with us and we were kind of talking about like if we all kind of saw it young. Oh, for sure. Mm-hmm. And it is one of these movies that as a young kid. Kind of captures your imagination of like wow mm-hmm. what a place yeah. all this is just a <laughs> this is wild yeah. like it's just you as a kid you're like i've never seen anything like this before in my life mm-hmm. yeah. and you know you're not the first guest we've had who've come on who've been like yeah demolition that was the one as a kid that i like that mm-hmm. really really stuck with me so it's gonna be interesting on rewatch with maybe a little bit more certainly for me a little bit more different taste, uh, varied taste, more exposure mm-hmm. to different kind of movies. Yeah, that's kind of where this conversation is going to go with Demolition yeah. Man. Were there any others, though, that you enjoyed um, as you moved into more film watching? Um, uh, I remember uh, the first Blade as well. Was oh, yeah. That was, yeah. Um, yep. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a, it is interesting that he did like it was kind of like he had a decade or maybe a little over a decade, uh, and then like he did like fall like it's just like it's that it's that once once we hit that undisputed, uh, yeah, that's where everything mm-hmm. kind of falls down, and then he doesn't really get to come back in full force until uh, um you know until Dolomite is my name. I think yeah, and it is kind of like yeah. a bummer how like there is like a generation of snipe. Of kid, of film goers that kind of did not get to see Snipes in theater during his heyday. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. you know, it's about a thirteen-year run because if you, you know, 89, 89 and ninety, he does Major League King of New York mm. and Mo Betta Blues, and kind of establish himself. He's not a lead in any of those movies, but he's like definitely like, oh, that guy, he's that guy's interesting. I'd like to see more of him. And then he does yeah. in ninety-one, New Jack City and Jungle Fever, and he's a lead, and he, you know blows the roof we have not jungle fevers next week but we have we have watched new jack city already and obviously we love freaking loved it and moved oh, yeah. on to the next round with ease yeah, <laughs> you know, he's, 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 am- he's amazing and it's a great movie i can't wait to watch it again yeah another baddie yeah. too he's so good at like he can do goodies and baddie like i like i feel like some some people are not as uh adept to portray both the goodie and the baddie well there's some actors mm-hmm. who you know you you let you appreciate kind of their stoic side kind of the you know, like Clint Eastwoody or somebody like that who's just kind of doesn't say a lot, but it's kind of like just badass and quiet. Or even like, yeah, Bogart. Yeah, like, yeah, like kind of an old time, the older style of, you know, yeah. leading man. But like with Wesley Snipes, I just love him like jawing it up and you know, being funny and like he's just so yeah. charismatic. And like 
as we've talked about it, especially last week when we talked about Blade Trinity, he just got so stoic. It's just like, man, you're so funny. You're like, please give us more. Give us more. Give us more spoofs and goofs. But also do drop kicks and stuff like that. You know, man. Yeah. (laughs) Very few people are like black belt martial artists and also funny. (laughs) So like Meryl Meryl Streep does not have that in her. uh, her I mean, God, we wish, but you know, (laughs) as great as it would have been had in the middle of uh, what was the movie with Alec Baldwin? Oh, it's complicated. It's she kind of just like roundhouse kicked him or something like that. <laughs> just like <laughs> he's like, uh, you know, kind of wasn't he's like shirtless enjoying pie or whatever. And one that would be the, that's the only movie she hasn't done. I mean, we, yes, we talked about Meryl Streep for months on end. Mm-hmm. We can get off this in a bit. The only movie yeah. she hasn't done is like a nobody style movie like the Bob Odenkirk. No, but like, let's just see her. Yeah. Like get jacked shape. <laughs> <laughs> like yes. learn like learn like Muay Thai or something. Like yeah, that, I want as much HGH as possible. Yeah, like she gets really like she goes to Stallone's guy or something like that. Want her to post <laughs> pictures of her insane meals like Kumail Nanjiani when he was filming a Turtles. And yeah, we're like very concerned in the same way we were about Kumail. Yeah. About like what <laughs> You're too old for this, Meryl. <laughs> She's well, like, no, I'm yeah, fine. Stallone's older than Meryl is. <laughs> I mean, I don't actually. I don't think anyone should vouch for whatever Stallone is doing for his yeah. training for his training habits these days. But. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yo, know, a, uh, a lot of people say they want to see Rocky back in the ring. <laughs> oh no, you're like seventy-five, sir. Oh, we we chatted about this, Patrick. I mean, I'm not going to reveal too much, but I might write a book about Stallone one day. I got a lot of thoughts on Stallone. <laughs> let's, wait, let's get into it here, but. Yeah, I mean, it is. It back to Snipes, though. It definitely seems like Demolition Man and Blade are kind. Of, there, you know, obviously there are people who are fans of White Men Can't Jump and Passenger Fifty Seven and stuff like that. But those two really kind of stuck with anyone who saw them when they were younger or coming of age. They really remember those movies well. And yeah. uh, obviously, um, we don't know about Demolition Man yet, but Blade moved on. To the second round, defeating a formidable foe, Blade Two, a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. But in the Blade series, I Patrick, I almost think we should have combined them all into uh, one into one thing. Blade yeah, One through Three, a free for all. I love the <laughs> idea. Blade for all. Yeah, I and mean, we hey, we had multiple guests that episode, so it would have been fitting. Oh yeah, no. yeah. All tried, all tried to be squeezed into an hour and fifteen minutes as well. <laughs> <laughs> we are a long-winded podcast, but um. Interesting matchup this week. We've all seen Demolition Man before coming into this episode, but had anyone seen Boiling Point prior to um, to for prior to this episode? Not at all. I, I had not. No. Yeah, it was new to me as well. And but lot, <laughs> think about that. You always send me that picture of Billy Ray Cyrus. The much to think about. Yeah, meme, Patrick. <laughs> much to think about on Boiling Point. Yeah, there's uh, a lot going on. Not so always Bo- great. Boiling Point was released April 16th, 1993. Written and directed by James B. Harris. His final film, interestingly enough, James B. Harris was the youthful producing partner to Stanley Kubrick and worked wow. with Kubrick on his first two or three movies. Um, but this was his final film as a director based on the book Money Men by Gerald uh, Petovich. Uh, Gerald Petovich, a former uh, Secret Service agent who also wrote 
uh, the book and screenplay for To Live and Die in LA, which will probably come up in this conversation a bit. Um, this film has got a rad cast, absolutely stacked with cool, a lot of cool yeah, dudes. It's a cool dude cast. <laughs> There's a lot of cool dudes in this movie. We got, of course, Wesley Snipes playing US Treasury agent, Jimmy Mercer. Dennis Hopper is Rudolph Red Diamond with Dennis's hair in this movie. We'll talk about it in just uh, a moment. Yeah, it is it's, a it's hell a, of a hell of a hell of a do. Uh, Lo, Lolita Davidovich is Vicky Dunbar. And uh, interesting Academy Academy crossover fact. Lolita Davidovich is married to um, Ron Shelton, director of White Men Can't Jump ah, in real life. Uh, Vigo Mortensen, young Vigo is Ronnie. Uh, Seymour Cassell as Virgil Leach, Jonathan Banks as Max Waxman, Tobin Bell as Freddie Roth. I did not know it would be even possible. It's like crossing the streams in Ghostbusters to get Jonathan Banks and Tobin Bell in the exact same movie. (laughs) Two of the ultimate tough. Mike from Breaking Bad and Jigsaw from Saw. Uh, (laughs) Tony Lobianco as Tony Dio. Uh, Academy Academy Hall of Famer James Tolkien as Senior U.S. Treasury Agent Jerry Levitt. Mm-hmm. Um, Paul Gleason from Die Hard, the, uh, yeah. the wonderful Paul Gleason as Michael, the transaction man. All right, and and because he's and in the credits, Dan Hedaya as U.S. Yeah. Treasury agent Sam Brady. Troubled production here. We'll get into that in just a moment. Eighteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh oh, not <laughs> not strong. Uh, budget budgeted at ten million, made. 10 million so in the production of this movie james b harris had it in mind that he was going to make a one last job criminal trying to make right kind of movie like straight time with dustin hoffman or something or thief with uh james con and the lead character was red dennis hopper in his original script and how they shot the movie and in his original cut then passenger 57 came out and warner brothers was like no Dennis is not the star of this movie anymore. Wesley Snipes is the star. They trimmed 10 minutes off the movie, changed the soundtrack, renamed it from Money Men to Boiling Point, and put Wesley Snipes on the poster with this giant gun. Needless to say, it kind of feels that way when you watch this movie that something happened in the edit or something is missing from this movie. Um, it, it's kind of an ensemble piece Kind of not, but basically it's about what Jimmy Mercer and his partner Brady, Dan Hedaya, who are working undercover in some sort. Did you guys pick up what their what their uh, operation was in that motel? I don't know. To open this I, thing, I, I it was a little, yeah. little, little gray as to why they yeah. were doing this. Yeah, but I mean, you know, from uh, from what you say there, it, it almost sounds like that didn't matter when they were because he wasn't the he wasn't the lead. Yeah, they were filming. Yeah, so they yeah. didn't care to put that detail in. You know? Oh no! Yeah, he was kind of like the cop tracking Dennis, but then it was kind of if was Dennis gonna like find a way out of the jams that he got yeah. into with this hothead new partner mm-hmm. Vigo Mortensen? Uh, it all goes wrong. Uh, Ronnie Vigo Mortensen uh, shoots their third agent who we don't get to know very well, but he seems like personally important. To Russo! <laughs> yeah, Russo. Yeah. <laughs> seems very personally important to them. Um, criminal Rudolph Red Diamond has been pulled out of jail. Mercer wants revenge before he gets transferred to Newark. 
This is important. Before all, you know, he's not going to get fired. Yep. He's just being transferred to Newark. He's going to go check the Sopranos or something. <laughs> oh, that would have been pretty good. And so basically, just is this crime saga of of Jimmy trying to figure out who Red is, and then bust them up. It's um more um counterfeit cash is kind of the main um it's not drugs it's not um diamonds this time around it's yeah, counterfeit which, cash it's one of the th- one of the three items people could steal in the 1980s yeah it's weird because it's not like the same thing in to live and die it is the exact same thing in to live yeah. and die in la and again i think that's why you thought william friedkin because william friedkin got this brought this like dangerous kinetic energy to kind of a similar story Yes. But everything is so much more heightened and scary. And like if Wesley Snipes had gotten to play as like nuts as William Peterson got to play in To yeah. Live and Die in LA, like that's the thing. Like they always try and like put Wesley into like this, like, yeah, we kind of talked about it a moment ago, like this, like calm, has it together cop. And I kind of want to see him like kind of skirt the line a little bit. Like, is he like good or bad? you know kind of like a more dangerous kind of a loose cannon kind of cop who's like so upset about russo that he'll he's willing to really do anything and they even they get there a little bit where he's like shaking down mike from breaking bad but it's not it's just like it's never kind of it always kind of stays at like a six in the like decibel levels when we want like an eight or a nine all the way through do you guys agree with that yeah yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's, you sort of like expect him more the next time, but then it sort of dips back down to yeah. yeah the energy you know, is not. He has time. High. He has time to think about what he did and relax a little bit. You know, and, uh, he's very yeah. like he's very even keel. He's very like yeah. He's a chill. I actually, I will say that uh, I. This is sound weird, but I kind of like like because we've seen him play taciturn before and later, at least on and like in. But what I like about his performance in Boiling Point is it. It feels like he's making choices at mm-hmm. least. And it feels like he's like, it does feel like he's like, he's legitimately like trying to play this character in a specific way. And whenever he does, like he gets a few minutes where he'll be off the cuff a little bit. Like he'll say a motherfucker once or twice. And you can swear, by the way, I'm just letting. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go green, line, green line for the cursing. Swear, the swear zone. Uh, <laughs> We're not going to get a ticket like in Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so was it Socho Voce or <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is this? Oh no! Uh, gonna gonna use these receipts as toilet paper? Awful! Yeah, terrible awful. idea, Sylvester. Stallone, it's that's not helpful. Yeah, <laughs> or uh, uh, so many questions. But uh, back to this. Movie. You know who I was thinking who should, who would be an interesting director for Boiling Point? Tony Scott. Yes, I think he would have yeah. like ramped it up. Just like because Patrick, you mentioned that via text, it has kind of like a TV movie feel, yeah, in its direction in its like direction style, and it just needs a little bit more like pop to it. That's it's it's a it's they don't get to like do like I really want to see Wesley Snipes like do cool, like you know, I want to see him like dangle someone off the roof of a building or, or like, like come down upside down and like snap a neck, yeah, or I something do. like that. If Wesley Snipes like legit just snapped a dude's neck like Seymour like 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 Virgil Leach's neck in the middle of like <laughs> that little or like even like 
in the middle of the bar, like puts his gun to Seymour Cassell's leg and just like shoots him in the leg or something oh, like yeah. that. Like See, just and, like clears out the bar and it's like, whoa, what is Wesley capable of? Because yeah. there's a tease, folks, at the beginning of this movie. We just talked about it. There's this uh, undercover operation and then Vigo messes it up. And when, they, when Dan Hedaya and Wesley Snipes run across the way of this hotel complex, they're staying at to see what's going on in the other room. Wesley Snipes enters the room by jump kicking the door to this hotel room. And it's like five minutes in the movie. And you're like, ooh, this is, is he going to be doing quite a yeah. few of this? He doesn't do it again. He does not do anything like it again. And it's just, and you're teasing this like, whoa, this is like wild that he does this. Like, what a way to enter this thing. He's, this guy's got real panache. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's like a salad with one crouton. Like, you want. You want more croutons. You need it's like a to have one crouton. That's that's mean. It's a cruel excuse cruel me. the chef. Excuse me, waitress. And the croutons on top. The croutons yeah. on top. You think there's more underneath. You eat that crouton first and there's nothing. Yeah, yeah. you're like, where do where are the rest of them? He's digging through lettuce. Yeah. I got all this. Or it's like, well, excuse me, waitress, can I get some more dressing? No, we're out. Yes. Yeah. You get one drizzle, sir. Yeah, I know. Yeah, you, you already you already have a little drizzle. But what do you do anymore for? Yeah. I, I think that's one thing is with this movie is that there's like these it's like kind of amazing like stylistic teases that do happen in this movie. Like I think that opening part where he st- they stop for like coffee at yeah. that um, open air place and Snipes and Hopper like cross pat Snipes Hopper and Vigo all cross paths but they don't know each other yet. I think that's kind of cool. And I think that part where they're all talking to their ex, their girlfriends or ex-wives and that's they're cutting between them. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah they're all yeah. like not great people, but that's an interesting... I think. We, but that's kind of cool. It's like you got this like young psycho, you got this old ex-criminal and oh, you yeah. got a cop all kind of giving the same speech to their, their, their oh, significant yeah. other. No, that's a good... Yeah. Like, I think that's an interesting... Like, Although, oh God, I do think like the part with Dennis Hopper, like there's like a trope in movies where like someone will like say something like horrible or do something beyond the pale. And then immediately afterwards, it's like, let's fuck. I'll see you in an hour. Like you just did something. I hate. I love you now. Let's fuck. Like, it's just like, I'm almost certain though, that there is like part of that 10 minutes that's on the cutting room floor. I would say at least a couple minutes or with him and that, Oh, lady that his his like ex main squeeze because like the way she plays it at the end when she goes to the dance club to meet him it was like oh this was a really emotional moment this is like this is Robert De Niro leaving Edie in the car at the end of Heat when he goes and runs off to go kill Wayne Grow that's what this is but it doesn't have nearly the effect that that does because they but Heat's also like if you're gonna have this many characters, Heat's three hours are totally justified to kind of like build out. Yeah, this is like this movie's like a barely ninety minutes long. Yeah, this is a crisp hour and a half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But like every Wesley movie, it's not boring. Like I got, I, I, I thought it was like, I was, I was kind of enthralled and like, how is this all gonna turn out? And there's great squibs. Got to give it that. The um, oh yeah. The practical effects on the gunshot wounds all look terrific. Very, very good early 90s style. Yeah. And I think like Snipes is weirdly like he's 
I've seen him like do roles like this and not be charismatic. And I see him here and he feels like he's interesting. Like his character, like he adds, he is like to me, like Snipes is to me like a Bogart or like a, he's one of those actors where like he doesn't need to do that much to be like charismatic and immediately enthralling. He just has that presence. I don't know. To yeah, I mean, he's a total star. And that's kind of like one of the reasons why we're doing this season is this idea of like, man, this guy is like such a big star. He should have like had this like 30 year career of just, you know, hit after hit. Yeah. You know, and it's just a real shame that, you know, obviously a little bit of it was self destructive because, you know, yeah, tax I mean, stuff. Yeah. He, did, he did spend time in prison, but, uh, you know, which, you know, Al Pacino never spent time in prison, but um, as yeah. far as we know, but uh, yeah, he got picked up for the, by the dance police a few weeks ago for that YouTube. Do you see that YouTube video of Al dancing in Beverly Hills? No, I did not. Oh, oh you showed it to me, maybe. Yeah, it's, it was, uh, folks, if you have not checked it out, this is an 81 year old man with his earbuds in dancing down the street of his rich neighborhood <laughs> just having the time of his life kind of where we all want to be when we're 81 <laughs> it's just yeah. kind of hey, wearing yeah. wearing gigantic sweatpants and just grooving down the street <laughs> i'm like 81 and dancing just yeah i've made it like that's yeah, <laughs> yeah. leave me alone i'm happy right yeah. you don't see any of his contemporaries do you know you don't see robert robert de niro seems way too grumpy to be doing that but al he's living his best life all the time and that's what you know that's what you're after and you know on that note for aging men who are having troubles we could talk about uh, dennis hopper as red dennis apparently said this was one of his greatest performances and it, but he got ruined because because oh. he thought it when he was the lead he was like i kicked ass i really brought it here and i mean i'm a big i'm a big dennis hopper fan i like him a lot and i think he is he is very good in this movie you know i think He's, so he's got this really weird because his character's name is Red, and they probably could have hired an actor who was really good, who perhaps had red hair. <laughs> um, yeah. But they gave Dennis this really wild like dye job to yeah. make him so it would make sense why he was called Red. I, I or they could just be like, "My hair went gray because I'm old." Like they, yeah. just, like, they don't like I to used know. to be. Like, what? That's a great plot. I used to be Red. Yeah. But now I'm gray and I'm old. <laughs> Vigo's the new red. <laughs> but he, he, I think he's really good in the movie. And I, I, I wish this movie was like a half hour longer. I think that that would like really help its cause. Just to like give everybody a little bit more detail. And then kind of think about some moments to kind of spike it up. Like it's really like the relationship between Dennis and... Um, Vigo is super interesting because Vigo's clearly going to screw things up. Yeah. For like, Dennis. And I like. But Dennis keeps forgiving him. It's like, You're my son, I love you. <laughs> well, it's also like, I like at some point in the movie, Dennis Hopper is like, You know what? As long as you leave a gun, uh, they'll just assume it's a thief. And I feel like Roddy <laughs> uses this as carte blanche to just like kill whoever, whenever. Neither of them are particularly good criminals. Yeah. These are not the most skilled yeah. duo in yeah. the world that we've met even on this show. Um, one thing, guys, who really cool, um, a few years ago, I went to the Cinémathèque Francais on my one and only trip to France. Oh. And the main kind of featured exhibit at that time was all about Dennis Hopper. And it had 
because he was like this real renaissance man he painted he did all these he was an amazing photographer he wrote and directed he was also you know total lunatic as well oh, i would but, imagine uh like a true like one of the craziest people to ever be that successful um, <laughs> you know unhirable for most of the 80s because he was such an alcoholic i mean really like oh. he was a true beast um Just but a- he he hung out with all these like he was friendly with pretty much every major artist of his um kind of time he seems to have been at every major cultural event from like 1955 to the day he died it's very interesting but they had all these pieces in there and like they had a piece that julian schnabel made of him of the plates and that kind of thing but one thing that they had in there was this gigantic painting that vigo mortensen painted for dennis hopper (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was a gift that Vigo was so moved by his experience working with Dennis in their relationship that he painted him this giant picture and gave it to him. And it was part of this exhibit. And I'll never forget. It was like my brother and I walked past him like, Vigo Mortensen painted that. Cool. <laughs> so clearly they hit it off. Yeah. On this it's movie. A, yeah. He's an interesting, and I, I, I do like, um, I feel like, yeah, one thing you can say about this movie is whether or not like the performances vibe with you or not. It clearly feels like everyone is giving it their all. Like Vigo Mortensen's like clearly trying to make a weird character, complete with like his like weird laugh, like his little like chuckles every time he like uh, does a crime. He's like he like he does like a weird like uh, like uh, not maybe not that cartoonish, but he's always but like yeah, it feels like people put thought into their performances. Digging into, I was I went and looked up Vigo's filmography after this one because you know based this and Carlitos. And um, as Patrick knows, I've had the Texas Chainsaw Massacre series on my mind. He did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 around this time period as well. And young Vigo is really weird and crazy. And he plays these like very on the edge guys. I was like, I got to see all these. I want to see every single one of these movies. He's like, he's got a real like vibrancy to him. Although this does get me to the pitch I texted Patrick and Misha, I'd be curious what you think about this. What if Vigo and Wesley Snipes switched parts? Ugh. I think that oh, that would have been cool if Wesley had played like the renegade kind of psycho young um, protege of Dennis Hopper. Yeah, yeah. And then he could have done more action, actiony stuff as well. Yeah, they could. Yeah, and yeah, Vigo could have. Vigo could have been more the straight laced cop kind of character. Yeah, yeah. yeah like I, I, I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. He, he could be the boring one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because well, I mean, we're going to talk about it in a second. Wesley just, in 1983, Wesley did get his chance to play a crazed criminal. So in a, few mo- in, a, in a few months' time, he, he, he got yeah. everything he wanted out of this. But he's, he is so, he is so, I mean, Patrick, you're really like, you're right about his performance in this. Like, it is subdued. But it isn't lost and it isn't um, bored. No. Like, I... um, you know, there are times in Blade Trinity he does not feel particularly engaged. Oh, yeah. there's Yeah, because that, that was definitely clearly at a point where Blade, uh, where he was like, ah, I don't like being here. I'm going to give as little. <laughs> yeah, I think like in The Fan, he was a little too straight-laced, especially, I mean, The Fan literally ends with a bat versus knife fight on a yeah. baseball field in the rain. You don't need to 
be subtle in that movie. <laughs> yeah, everyone else yeah. is. <laughs> like, yeah, he's like, I, again, it's like, he, I'm doing a movie with Robert De Niro. I got to be a serious actor. I'm like, you see what De Niro's doing in this movie? Yeah, De Niro is such an unhinged freak in that film. Yeah. <laughs> doing weird, singing weird poems about baseball to himself. Yeah, Leslie, you could do whatever you want to do. <laughs> like, yeah. But yeah, I think that this movie, like, I would watch it again. Which I, I, you know, <laughs> I feel pretty good about that review. I would watch this movie again if it came up. Yeah. I think it's um, it's unfortunate there's no more action in it. And I think that's more Warner Brothers' fault than any of the filmmakers because they presented us with this poster. That looks yeah. cool. That looks badass. <laughs> like he's gonna, you know, yeah. Like, yeah, you're expecting something completely different in a way. Expecting like a big action movie especially with an early jump kick you're thinking oh there's gonna be a lot of yeah. fun action yeah. and then uh you know 20 minutes left in the movie i think they're still sitting in a car on a stakeout and you're like wait yeah. where's the <laughs> yeah, i know yeah, yeah. there's yeah. like that one scene where they kind of like pee next to wesley snipes and dennis hopper pee next to each other and then nothing yeah. comes of it it just yeah, yeah. It's, it's really strange and then yeah and then like um the only action like it pretty much exclusively involves vigo kind of mm-hmm. the main action stuff it blows away uh breakfast club principal paul gleason <laughs> yeah <laughs> just absolutely tags him <laughs> like, yeah just straight up yeah with a, like a sawed off shotgun like two inches away from his gut insane so, and speaking of shootings were you guys upset when they shot dan hadaya and then never addressed it again yeah. at the end of the dance yeah. club it was like yeah you guys have been partners you're did you like you must have liked Russo more than you like put up with Brady or something. Yeah. And yeah, and how Dennis Yeah, uh, um, he he didn't even did he get a mention in the the sort of end tag credits about where everybody ends up, which no. was really weird too. So funny. Yeah, they, so there's funny. no like Yeah, it's like they're not even they're not real people. Not <laughs> like, real it, does, people. Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's also insane that like yeah those credits are just those end tags. Yeah, because this movie uh for those not watching Boiling Point at home, spoiler alert. Uh, this movie does end with like you know like you get to know that yes Wesley Snipes Jimmy Mercer goes to Newark and with everything Vicky. is fine. A relationship that is only the surface level kind of discussed at all. Yeah, and not great. Yeah, it's like, yeah, he's yeah. <laughs> kind of, I guess like he's pestering her about sleeping and just worked in the end. Like he got this is, this is Oh wait, no, that... it's not the wife. You're talking about yeah, oh he just she doesn't the... go. Lolita Davidovich. Yeah, Lolita Vicky. Davidovich. She yeah. goes with her? That's... And after all that stuff with him trying to get his wife back and like he's got a kid and everything yeah, like that and he just kid? goes to Newark with this other lady. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Get this out of is, here, um, movie. We are, my two favorite and like bizarre endings like that that feel a little tight. Like not even tagged on because like one of them is just a masterpiece choice. Man on Fire, Tony Scott movie. Uh, with Denzel Washington, there's actually a card at the end with his name and like his birth year and his death year. <laughs> like that's and he's not a real person. It's just like they put it up there. Like, man, this guy was badass. He ruled. <laughs> he's fictional, but he ruled. <laughs> and then uh, there's at the end of um, Tombstone, they're talking about how Kurt Ro- Wyatt Earp. He has this wife who's addicted to drugs the entire movie, and then he starts cheating on her with Dana Delaney. And then Robert Mitchum comes in. He goes, 
Wyatt and her got married later on. Wyatt's first wife died of a drug overdose. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, way to bury the character. And it's like Robert Mitchum at the very end of his life where he's just like drunk and high all the time. Oh no. We, we, oh, Tombstone, what a masterpiece. We got we to gotta figure out a way to shoehorn that into. Yeah, we can do a Val Kilmer sh- bracket. We'll- oh, we should do it. Oh, no. Boy, folks, if you want to hear us do a Val Kilmer bracket, I'm in. Talk about Val. Val is similar to Val, much more mercurial and and definitely stranger, but a similar trajectory to Snipes in that, like, yeah. this, like transcendently talented, interesting guy who just kind of like burnt out a little bit quicker. Or, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Val was a notorious kind of asshole, and then Val got very sick. Um, you know, yeah, a little different he- there. Yeah, supremely, yeah, supremely weird man. We would have to include his uh, role in MacGruber on the bracket. Well, yeah, that would be another reason to yep. give us an excuse to, act, to actually, Vancouver. like, officially talk about MacGruber, not just bring up MacGruber like we do almost every episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Um, but, yeah, the interesting, interesting movie. I, um, I want to see James B. Harris made a film prior to this in 1988 called Cop with uh james woods as a oh, as a coked out <laughs> cop on the edge and it's based on a james elroy novel so um sign yeah. me up this sounds, that sounds pretty good and trashy yeah <laughs> that is like yeah if you're gonna do like yeah i mean that's like the role james woods was born to play yeah you know long live the new flesh <laughs> but he he is harris i mean interesting guy he Clearly, I mean, he produced The Killing, Paths of Glory, and Lolita, and then went into directing himself and just, you know, I don't know if him and, obviously, I don't think Kubrick liked to share Mm. all that much in in kind of his uh, productions and that kind of thing. But James B. Harris is still alive, 94 years old this August. So good for him. Hopefully, hopefully he's taken to the streets of uh, Beverly Hills and dancing on his iPod as well yes uh, we should hope yeah we should hope that for all we hope that any anyone nearing the age of 100 feel free to dance yeah you, you've earned it and, got, any, yeah. and, and it dance anywhere you feel like we've, <laughs> we've just created like some like saccharine youtube thing <laughs> <laughs> we could make millions just if we started a tiktok of just old people celebratory dancing we'd probably be more successful than this podcast Ever, yeah, I be. would be able to own a home. Yeah, we'd be <laughs> influencers. It would be Patrick and myself and six 90, 90 year olds. It's gonna <laughs> well, get a little dark, but it's like we gotta old, keep replacing them. <laughs> yeah, old guy, old person TikTok home. I love it. We're doing yeah, old person TikTok. Uh, awful, <laughs> insane. Yeah, they do all the TikTok stuff, except they're ninety. Yeah, yeah, they're all. Are those guys like? It's like it's like Ben Stiller and um Happy Gilmore <laughs> the quilts. Oh, your fingers tired? Well, now your back's gonna be tired because you're just for lawn duty. Oh. <laughs> Keep TikToking, old people. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Sorry, we get, Grandpa. We, yeah, we get we get uh, canceled for elder abuse. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> Oh my God! So yeah, come dance with us, old Yeah, folks. come dance with us, old people. Anyone? Uh, Seymour Castle, if you're still alive. Yeah. Uh, 
He, he oh, R.I.P. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Interesting fun fact about Seymour Castle, who I love. You know, obviously he's in all the Cassavetes movies and stuff. But um, growing up, his next door neighbor were the parents of Slash from Guns N' Roses. And he gave Slash the nickname Slash. Huh. That is insane. Yeah, because he was kind of an energetic kid who was always running around. He's like, you're slashing around the yard. <laughs> That's such a specific yeah. verb. I like that. Like, you're always yeah. slashing. Yeah, as, as he takes another <laughs> drink of whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> another, <laughs> takes another drag from his cigarette. <laughs> like, I would have said running. I guess there's an alternate reality uh-huh. where, yeah. where he's run. But, uh, yeah, who knows? Seymour Cassell lived a hell of a life as Virgil Virgil Leach in this yeah. movie. He had the best performance in the movie, I think, or one of them at least. One of them. I mean, I think everybody – nobody's bad. Yeah. You guys no. you guys both yeah. said it. Nobody's bad in this movie. And the movie you – know, I just think that there's some, something happened that yeah. they didn't get to tell the full story yeah. that they wanted to tell. And that's unfortunate because it's kind of a cool, neat movie. And I think, you know, we look at these things with these, like – the nostalgia glasses of like oh they don't make like 90 minute cops and robbers movies like this anymore like yeah. i want more of them like that's what like i literally the guy who's talking about wanting to watch this crazy james woods movie i want more yeah less, kinda... yeah i would love to they should you know for every uh superhero movie they should release two like uh you know like one romantic comedy and one uh kind of like uh soup uh, nuts and bolts like action flick or like uh, yeah cop drama uh just a dad's rock yeah dad's rock kind one of for the dads the dads. one for the uh Guess uh, under underserved group, the dads. Yeah. <laughs> the dad dad's law. We got dad's dad law. Oh gotta... god, that sounds like a Bud Light commercial. <laughs> um, also in uh, the the bit with Virgil Leach, um, like where's this type sort of, um, you know, he's, he's I guess pretend to be somebody else or you know like a criminal at that point, and he oh, suddenly yeah. changes the his uh, his performance. So he's a, he's a bit, uh, you know, his his words and his his, his movements are like, like a little very, like a little yeah. different from yeah. So yeah. I thought that was like interesting too. Uh, yeah, he... yeah, that's a really cool scene. It's 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 kind of complicated, yeah. but it's a it's a, like their entire the yeah. cop scheme is pretty complicated. You know, maybe he should be transferred to Newark for all we know. But um... mm-hmm. yeah, see that would have been a great <laughs> moment for like. Like Dan Hedaya, maybe to, I feel like what this movie needed to do is like I think Dan Hedaya should have died, and that should have been like the Russo, and it yeah, should have happened like fifteen them. or twenty minutes into the movie, not like immediately. Yeah, y- yeah, I think so too. And they, Dan Hedaya is one of these actors too. You know he's capable of, um, you know, the all-time good at doing sleazeball. Yeah, kind so of he- stuff. So having him just be kind of the silent sidekick. Like get some more, get some more of him. Yeah, <laughs> just just croutons in the waiter's hand, and you can't, yeah. get, you can't reach him. You can't. <laughs> He's like, nah, I mean, nah. Well, yeah, I guess as you continue that, I mean, we're eating healthy. Yeah, we're getting a solid, you know, solid film, but it just doesn't. It's not giving us everything we need. Not giving us the um, the full meal. Yeah, that we're looking for from this movie. Board. Yeah. Yeah, need the uh, smorgasbord. Our ne- our next movie, man, you could call it Oops All Croutons. 
Yeah, this would be the old country buffet. You don't feel particularly well after it's over, but you certainly ate a lot of food. Hey, man, sometimes you feel pretty good. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you're surprised, like, whoa, salmon? Yeah, okay. I don't know if this is a good idea, but I'm doing it. It's here. Sushi and chicken nuggets? Don't mind if I do. Don't mind if I do. Ooh, a slice of uh, lukewarm cheese pizza? Yeah, I'll take it. Yeah. And pancakes. Because <laughs> I wouldn't miss breakfast. <laughs> what time is it? It's 9.30 p.m. <laughs> of course, we are jumping ahead just a few short months in uh, Wesley Snipes' Meteoric 1993. While Boiling Point seems like it kind of came and went mm-hmm. from the public side, the movie, the critical eye, movie theaters in general, Demolition Man has maintained the imagination of people for quite a bit longer it's very easy to find it was you know i think it was on stars this time around but it's been on hbo max a bit bunch lately it's never really left in terms of these kind of movies it's one people really think about when they think of not only snipes but also stallone and um it's pretty it's a pretty damn wild one i've realized i don't know if i had seen it since around 1993 so it was it was kind of exciting to rewatch it this one uh, released october 8th 1993 directed by marco brambilla in his directorial debut more on that later uh screenplay by daniel waters who wrote heathers and batman returns and uh a very good writer uh robert renault and peter m lenkoff my guess is none of these three men ever spent one second together in the same room um, produced of course by joel silver a very joel silver picture um starring sylvester stallone as sergeant john spartan we got some good character name good character names oh yeah this is a good character name this movie. Is a character name movie <laughs> uh wesley snipes is simon phoenix wow rad name sandra bullock is lieutenant lenina huxley uh nigel hawthorne is dr raymond cocteau uh benjamin bratt is officer alfredo garcia whoa bring me the head up um dennis leary is edgar friendly more on that later oh. we gotta talk leary Dennis Leary <laughs> in this movie oh man um, <laughs> glenn shaddix is associate bob Ooh, the mvp uh who, we got bob gunton is uh chief george earl uh troy evans officer james mcmillan and <laughs> oh my god there's so many people in this dan cortez uh you guys do you guys know dan cortez no okay i'm a little i know i'm older but um he hosted this show called mtv sports in the early 90s on mtv and he was like this whoa radical kind of guy mm. and uh he also um he plays Elaine. He plays one of Elaine's very handsome boyfriends on uh, Seinfeld that George becomes obsessed with and just thinks is a really cool guy. Mm. And they go rock climbing together, and yeah, bad things happen. Uh, he plays the Taco Bell lounge singer in this movie. Oh yeah, the, the <laughs> and anyone thing. anyone who is like, oh, I love MTV Sports with Dan Cortez. <laughs> um, Jack Black is a wasteland scrap. Uh, when another Earl Jack Black shows up in so many of these like Tony Scott, Jerry Bruckheimer, Joel Silver action movies is like a tech guy or like fourth guy from the right in the early 90s oh, yeah. before he got his big break. Mm-hmm. He has, I forget that he's like also like, he's like a water world. He's one of the 
Pirates in Waterworld. He's in that. He's in oh. Enemy of the State with Will Smith and Gene Hackman. He's in um, The Jackal with Bruce Willis and uh, Richard Gere. He, he's in a bunch of them. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Rob Schneider getting a few reps before his ultimate gig in Judge Tread with Stallone. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> moment. Do, you think, you know, do you think Stallone was like this Rob Schneider guy? Like, I, 100%. I, 100%, 100% thought he was fucking hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. The There's no talks. question. Yeah. Was, yeah, he's a really funny guy. Yeah. We have a lot of the same political. Yeah, we have yeah, the same political leanings. Yeah. <laughs> We're both, yeah, Buddhist but conservative or something. I'm a very spiritual guy, but you know, we got to close the borders. <laughs> what? Get out of here, Stallone. Oh, all right, all right, all right. And my, my favorite thing I've seen this year, this credit in the credits. This one card pops up that says Andre Gregory and Jesse Ventura. Andre Gregory, of course, theater director, my dinner, the titular My Dinner with Andre. Yeah. And Jesse the Body Ventura, pro wrestler, governor. It's like, this is, this, I, I saw that, I was like, yep, this is this movie. Without a doubt, is this like this is this is the old country buffet? It's we got, yeah. we got everything. In you this. got your sushi. You got your chicken nuggets. It's all here. And uh, so this one um, was budgeted at forty-five to seventy-seven million dollars. Um, Hollywood accounting yeah, with a movie like this could go in a lot of directions because they did have extreme delays in production. As many, I mean, I, yeah, I just rattled them off. You can imagine the egos on the set of this movie were difficult Although for I, a first-time director to contain. <laughs> I will say, though, in a, a Snipes' defense, Marco Brambilla, I read an interview. He was like, yeah, like we tried to get uh, Snipes to join the movie a few times. Yeah. Like we, eventually he joined, and he was like a pleasure to like work with. He like had a yeah. glowing... He was they weird. said the only thing that Snipes had trouble with, he hated his hair and shaved it the second... He was done uh, <laughs> shooting the movie. And, you know, understandable. Totally fair. I understand. If I had a weird bleached blonde, although, like, it inspired Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Without, oh, a, a real cultural trendsetter. Yeah. The, the worm, yeah. Dennis Rodman. Without Phoenix, no Rodman. And without yeah. Rodman. Boy, Rodman he, boy, a couple years later, they probably would have taken a look at Rodman for the role of Simon Phoenix. <laughs> and honestly, that would be, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Star of Double Team with John claude Van Damme. Yep. Um, made 159.1 million at the box office. Pretty good numbers. Um, they the um, you know, pretty good numbers. They I think that they were expecting even more than that though. I think they were expecting like a real like grand slam blockbuster from this movie. Right. Um. 2017, Stallone's loan out company filed a lawsuit against Doug Warner Brothers for disbursement of profits from the film that was settled in 2019. So that took a little bit of time to, to take care of that. Uh, yeah, almost, almost at the date of the uh, the events of the movie. By then. Yeah, that's, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They paid him uh, $2 million and three seashells. <laughs> yeah, I can finally go to the restroom. Uh, a Taco Bell gift card. Oh, bad carbs. Mm-hmm. Um, Ebert asked why this film was considered a set success when at last action hero, similar time period with Arnold, 
uh, was considered a disappointment despite similar budgets and box office grosses. Ebert concluded it was due to expectations that this film was seen as a comeback for Stallone, whereas Last Action Hero was Arnold not living up to his previous successes because Arnold hadn't had as many. You know, by this point, Stallone had already done, I think, Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. So Stallone had some grimmer grimmer times. Oh, you know what? I'm going to say something. I'm going to, just off the top of the dome here, uh, hot take. Uh, This movie would have been better with Schwarzenegger in the Stallone role. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he would have won. He would have had more fun with it. I feel like uh, Schwarzenegger is good at, like, uh, you know, kind of like. Schwarzenegger is good at comedy. Stallone is not Mm -hmm. funny. Stallone, I like Stallone. He's not, but I don't think he can do like the cat, the quips that Arnold's so funny. Yeah, he does like yeah. his act, his act, action movie lines. Like, this is like wink that he's doing. Like, I know, I know what's happening yeah. here. And what? Stallone is like so sincere in his jokes. You're like, I don't know, Sly. <laughs> yeah, and he can't. Yeah, he cannot. Like, yeah, when you compare like Stallone to Snipes. Man, we got to get into the meat of the performance. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, real yeah. quick here. 60% Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. Made the cut. Uh, consensus reads, better than average sci-fi shoot up with a satirical undercurrent. Demolition Man is bolstered by strong performances by Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, and Sandra Bullock. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, very, it's very entertaining. Basic storyline is... Keep it very simple. John Spartan is the demolition man. Los Angeles' top cop. Uh, Hollywood is burning. It's terrible. It's 1996 and stuff is bad. Yeah. Real, real bad. It's only like three years from <laughs> yeah. then. Insane. Oh, it's, it's bad news. <laughs> is, well, that gets to kind of the conservative. Um, yeah. Reading. The conservative reading of this film is pretty easily done in that, like, uh, crime is terrible, but what's worse, not giving cops guns. <laughs> you know, it's like. Yeah. Uh, or, yeah, people who literally have the nickname the Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah, like, like, let him work. People. Yeah, let, like, let he, he's yeah. all he's working for you. It's like, is there collateral damage? Yeah, but let him do his thing. <laughs> you want Simon Phoenix on the streets? So. Simon Phoenix is this super villain who seems to have taken over like a burning building in Los Angeles, a burning block in Los Angeles. He's just, he's, yeah, he's, he's Joker. He's Penguin. He's like any of those guys. Yeah, it's very super. And Snipes is very smart in his betrayal just to go ham. And like, yeah, I'm crazy. And uh, I'm, uh, mustache twirling super villain (laughs) yeah full-on snidely whiplash it rules it's it's totally correct it's the right choice from snipes like they're like he understood that this movie needed to go to 11 (laughs) um so stallone what an introduction to john spartan in that helicopter to start this movie guys i mean like he shows up he quips about being pout like crazy he is that he jumps out the back of his helicopter screaming phoenix <laughs> just blasting guys all the way down I mean, it would almost be a parody if it wasn't real <laughs> they go at it it turns out that um while john spartan does capture simon phoenix uh quite a few hostages are just dead 
<laughs> like, and because John Spartan knew about the hostage. Oh, Phoenix claims John knew about him. They the take, anyway. They take I Phoenix's think he word. Yeah, they take Phoenix's <laughs> word. Insane. They, they didn't do autopsies. They didn't check. They didn't look. They just were like, yep. Yeah. He's telling the truth. John Spartan's like, you liar! You liar! <laughs> yeah, we'll go, we'll go with the guy with the plaid pants. <laughs> not, not Los Angeles. This is Tom Cop. We're going to talk about this guy who's got like 17 different pairs of overalls. <laughs> By the way, some like primo snipes, uh, snipe styles in this one. Yeah, I mean, we, as we know, he's, he's an Academy Academy Hall of Famer just for his looks. But uh, great outfits all yeah. the way through this oh, movie. Oh, man. Yeah, like he—he's like the rare adult man that can pull off overalls. There's maybe seven adult men on Earth. It's like you're, him. You're not—you're not talking to one of them. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, if I wear, people are just immediately assuming I'm on a farm. Oh, I work. So, Patrick, we got a show on Wednesday. Are you gonna wear the uh, white men can't jump Wesley Snipes tank top? Go. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I need to scar the audience. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we promise at one show we will show up in our overalls. <laughs> yeah, one time. We will do overalls. I'll do overalls. Maybe I don't we know can if convince I... Cozy to do a Crash This Demolition Man party. Oh my god, yes. Uh, an improv uh, set inspired by Demolition Man. Sign All Demolition up. Man improv. I yep. think uh, it's a new niche. You know, COVID's over. <laughs> we got a new niche. <laughs> yeah, what's, but, uh, what's your so, boggle? They, what is your boggle? Um, so they both get arrested, and now we have cryo penitentiary, yeah. where both men are frozen in large frozen hockey pucks and <laughs> placed in what seems to be the control center to the Terminator Two lava factory. Yeah, and um, they're they're there. Cut to twenty thirty two San Angeles. Formed after the merger of Los Angeles, San Diego, and Santa Barbara, a peaceful utopia run by Dr. Raymond Cocteau and his oh, friend, Associate Bob. Uh, always like, okay, I love, okay, the getups. The, uh, I do love in the future, everyone's wearing blousey kimono. Like, everyone seems to be very comfortable in the future. Like, yeah, so, yeah, and then, yeah, and then also, like, I always love that Cocteau inexplicably always looks like Hamid Karzai with the hat, the caracol hat. It's like, what is happening with this getup? It's so, truly uh, baffling. It's weird. Cocteau has a really long term plan here. <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, so basically, um, during a parole hearing, Simon Phoenix is thought out, and uh-oh, first ever murders in years yeah. in San Angeles. The cops are stunned. They don't know what to do. The cops include um, Lieutenant Lenina Huxley, played by Sandra Bullock, who is obsessed with 20th century culture, has a Lethal Weapon 3 poster up. Yeah, that's the office. one you would keep, of course. That's, yeah, of the... course, the, the, the one part of the Lethal Weapon series everyone likes the yeah, best. That's, everyone knows <laughs> that it peaked with three. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. uh, in fact, that's when cinema peaked. That was uh, that was it. You know, first it was Citizen Kane, then it was Lethal Weapon 3. That's the... Yeah, and that was, that's it, folks. That's the history of movies. Yeah. Boy, and I'm Leonard Moulton. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so naturally, uh, they have no idea how to handle Simon Phoenix, he just begins a absolute rampage 
full of quips and murder kind of his two two things uh, <laughs> um, it's very good and the only way to uh best shot at solving it at stopping simon phoenix is of course thawing out john spartan but oh man is 2032 freaking different from 1996 john spartan's about to find out just how different it is and uh for for the scenes in this movie that don't involve quips and violence we have a lot of fish out of water i'm discovering the differences in the time period so like there's a scene in this movie and here's my question i'm gonna ask uh, like amici like don feel free to answer so there's a scene in the beginning of the movie where uh spartan he's released you know he sees the world he goes to the restroom he comes back he's like man do you guys have toilet paper you guys are out of toilet paper by the way and so, and they're like, you know, we don't have toilet paper. We have seashells. Do you think, like, the rest of the movie, like, because, okay, because then later, there's, like, this thing, too. There's Soto Voce violations. And so whenever you, sw- by the way, don't swear near the Soto Voce device. Don't swear near the thing they're that gives everywhere. you. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. That is this true. Is they're probably, like, how they're making, these are the, these are the new parking meters. Yeah, this is how is they're true. making all their money. Yeah, you're not gonna but, stop anybody from saying fuck. Yeah, but uh, so he swears a lot, gets all these receipts. Like, like, did he ever go to the restroom? Does he just have like poo butt? Like, what is well, happening? I, mean, I, I, I you know, not to frozen get... for a while. You know? Yeah, so, yeah. I think that that's, that's a key. Is that it's, yeah. it's like a barren hibernation. Do, well, what does it do to your bowel movements? How were you yeah. fed? <laughs> when you've been frozen for 30 years He's, i have a feeling the pipes need to work themselves out a little bit something yeah i don't know about the, the logic of this movie i don't know about- <laughs> i bet we well, also get- too um why, why didn't someone just show him how to use it yeah use teach him how to use like, yeah, this thing and then silence <laughs> well yeah and you'd think that they wouldn't necessarily want like a mess in there yeah I do kind of dig that they like never show it and they just say that there's so it's up to all of our because it's clearly not only us but every single person who's brought up Demolition Man the very next thing they bring up is the three seashells they just leave it to your like imagination of what do you suppose how does that work like they never decide to define how it works it just it's there it's just like okay cool it's weird this yeah. weird thing you see them once you see them and they're like like little metal shells and it's like this this can't be effective i don't know like yeah. also on top of that the only food they eat is taco bell mm, yes. which of course uh, notoriously leads to tough bathroom situations so. that is true although <laughs> in, the future, in the future taco bell is everything so yeah i mean they have dan right. cortez playing piano lounge music in their in in their taco bell i mean the highest level of entertainment sandra bullock had to get really dressed up to go to taco bell (laughs) but yeah so it just kind of turns into this like it's half uh, fish out of water future movie basically like yeah obviously but um woody allen's movie sleeper where he gets brought back to life 100 200 years in the future and it's like whoa things are different you know we've seen that and then um you know kind of balls to the wall stallone snipes sci-fi action movie um so on top of that you know we get into some of the supporting players here i i don't know about you guys i thought sandra bullock was terrific in the movie yeah. i that yeah, was, she was, she was a real highlight yeah. mm-hmm. you know she um she was able to pull off 
a lot of the cheesy, the, oh, this is the future jokes and bits in this very sincere kind of charming way that another actor probably, mm-hmm. uh, w- they would probably <laughs> like really fall flat in another person's hands. And you could tell it's like, man, she's a star. It's just a, it's just a matter of time before she kind of gets whatever part it is interesting it was a recast to Lori petty from point break and um league of their own was originally cast and mm-hmm. um was let go into product fired two days into production over creative differences but uh she said later on it was that her and stallone didn't get along and that was you know Stallone's way of the highway <laughs> so that was yeah. that uh but yeah she she does her best she handles Stallone's kind of um clunky delivery yeah. style and that kind of thing with a plum um a couple of other interesting casting things too apparently Steven Seagal was originally attached to play John Spartan oh yeah yeah well, and like- uh Van Damme was originally uh, Simon Phoenix, Van Dam probably would have done a fine job as Simon Phoenix, Steven Seagal. Yeah, although I don't a think a little Van... less fine as oh, John, yeah, John Spartan. That's true. Yeah. Although, like, I don't think Van Dam has the like the funny factor at the same level as I don't think he could pull off Snipes's like weird like witticisms and like just like I don't know. I think like what Snipe like what Snipes brings into it is like that one moment for example where they're in like that weird museum and he just like decides to slam someone's head into the, like the mirror like he, he he always like i love what i love about snipes is that he, when he plays these like more flamboyant characters he's like dancing on screen yeah. all the way through he's like mm-hmm. bouncing around he's like floating through yeah he's like <laughs> he's always like joker in um batman the jack nicholson one where he's dancing to the bat dance while painting over the things in the museum oh, it's like the entire for, yeah i know one of the great <laughs> movies <laughs> <it's all time. laughs> yeah up there with the <laughs> battleship attack yeah everything yeah it really is um interesting thing stallone originally wanted jackie chan to play simon phoenix that was Stallone's pick. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think anybody else would have worked yeah. as well as Wesley Snipes. No. Just because I, I knew that there's, there's like solo scenes where it's just him sort of riffing and kind of talking to a machine or something. And I don't think any of the other names that we've sort of mentioned here can could have done it as well as Wesley Snipes did. Yeah. Where just we, him, him on screen, him talking and being, you know, as funny and uh, creative and, and, uh, yeah, with that same kind of energy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you, I mean, yeah. you need a guy who's like got that like flamboyant charisma, but mm-hmm. also could physically like match up as like a physical threat to Stallone. And yeah. that's all. There's only like name someone else other than Wesley Snipes who can do both of those things. That's actually <laughs> a great point. Yeah, he does have. He's like one of the few people where like if he kicks Sylvester, it feels like a like it doesn't feel like made up. Yeah, you need a guy who matches up, and like when they actually fight, it's not just like Stallone's gonna take care of business real fast. Even even if you know, yeah. I mean, I have a feeling in real life Wesley Snipes could have kicked Stallone's ass. Because uh, I mean, <laughs> Stallone is a roided out actor. Wesley Snipes is a black belt. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as much as Stallone would like to tell you otherwise. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, you know, I think it's, I think Snipes has actually got the skill set needed for that kind of thing. But um, 
And of course, um, Dennis Leary was hired for his comedy rants, which he wrote himself. <laughs> what, a, <laughs> what a dumb, like, uh... he, His stuff is, when he comes on and just starts going into the whatever happened with real coffee <laughs> kind yeah. of bit. Yeah, I'm does. tired of these freaking macchiatos. Yeah, I know, it's like, Man. It's like we've been saying these jokes this long. Shit. Yeah, it's like whatever happened to real man? You know, it's like oh no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's it is interesting because like '93 he was doing the um another another MTV thing from '93. You guys may or may not remember. He used to um that used to be on the commercial breaks. Him just ranting like in black and white smoking a cigarette yelling at you about whatever he was tired of like Cindy Crawford in the house of style you know stuff like that and then um <laughs> going back to another uh MTV thing from the same era and uh, along those lines Donald Logue was in the commercial breaks as Jimmy the cab driver talking about the music videos that were on um MTV at that time he's like isn't it ironic does Atlantis Morissette know the meaning of the word ironic and he would just like rant about that I like that like apparently half of MTV's commercials was like them shitting on their own content (laughs) it was it was I mean you know it was a real high time for television there was a reason everybody wanted to watch MTV it was like this is kind of weird and crazy it's not just the road rules real world challenge like it is now for sure gotta see them the brothers grunt yeah. Oh, they played some weird stuff on there. It was cool. It was it was it was cool. But yeah, I mean, this is a pretty 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 wild movie. And I hadn't seen since ninety three. And you guys Patrick, I know you watched it like last year. Michi, had you seen it recently? Uh Demolition Man? Yeah. Oh, um uh, I had it until I watched it again for, uh-huh. for uh, to get ready for this. Yeah, I hadn't seen it in at least 15 years or so it's been, it's been a long time since i watched it yeah yeah it, it's an interesting one because it feels like it's it, it yeah it's like it's very entertaining snipes is really good but to me there there's this there is it's a, such a strange feeling of like this movie was really expensive and it was a big movie at the time but it kind of feels cheap and they're like all stranded in one room and they've got like four sets that they can work on and it, yeah. it's, it's a really um yeah, it's an interesting, it's an interesting movie. It's like the comedy doesn't totally work for me. I'm not a huge fan of. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about like. Can you believe how crazy it is in the future? And this has changed. And this is you know, I don't love the fish out of water stuff. Mm-hmm. The action's cool, though, mm-hmm. and uh, Snipes is great. I mean, did you did it live up, Michi, from your kind of memories of when you watched it when you were younger? Um, yeah, I mean, watching it as a, um, I guess, a, a, uh, watching it again was definitely uh, a feeling of, oh, um, I'm not sure um, <laughs> that I, uh, you know, like John Spartan as much as yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't with him as much as, as I did. Um, yeah. yeah. The, it's the, like, the, oh, you're not even going to try to... <laughs> To sort of fit in here, you're just gonna do whatever you want. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, and also like, yeah, the how so quickly he forgets about his wife and daughter. <sighs> yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. He gets like two minutes of sadness, and then immediately it's like he's trying to get Sandra Bullock's pants, like right after yeah. that. Like, like, it's like <laughs> come on, Spartan. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, his daughter's still alive. Maybe he's just, he just doesn't go look for her. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Okay. Nah. Yeah, I moved him. He moved on. I got this gal. She loves me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's it's wild, and yet it. I was just reading too. It's apparently a big surprise here that the libertarians have really um, latched onto this movie as a favorite for their political mindset of you know don't the government overreach bad big government is bad and sometimes you need the good guys with the guns <laughs> it's a weird well it's also just like this movie was like made at like such a it feels like such a um like a relic in the sense of this is clearly like a movie made when they thought like that we were at the end of history yeah and like yeah like all we have to worry about in the future is uh people not drinking normal ass coffee like <laughs> but in reality like ah, oh, no history doesn't end dude yeah and, and into another interesting thing the um the and i think this could be rich people and their libertarian fears and that kind of thing like los angeles had had its riots the year before mm this movie came out so perhaps a bunch of you know brentwood beverly hills people were like yeah los angeles is gonna burn down and you know it's it's and it's gonna happen in three years yeah it's truly insane that this movie posits in three years also like like in three years do you have the ability to freeze people too like it's just yeah it's it's yeah. a wild um it's wild it's a wild and it's it, like yeah it's a crazy movie but one thing i do admire about it is like it is crazy yeah. Like they like yeah. movies like this just don't slip through the cracks. Any like this would have been fine-tuned and cleaned up and the logic would have been all figured out and it would have been just slicker if it had it come out today. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a feeling they're probably going to remake this movie at some point. This oh, seems sure. pretty ripe for that. Did you hear too? Um the White Men Can't Jump remake is on. Patrick? Yeah. I heard yeah. that. Yeah. I cast it with some this show my age too, someone named Jack Harlow, who I literally have no idea who that is, but they nope. apparently are big uh, music. No person. idea. I, tell me. I'm, yeah. Clueless on it. But uh, Jack Harlow, I don't know if they're playing um, Wesley or Woody. I think he's Woody. Just like he's Woody. At, yeah, he's the white guy, so uh, he must be Woody. Yeah. He must be, yeah. And make it about Woody this time around. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's 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 but it is a wild swing. I mean, this entire idea about Taco Bell being the only restaurant, the three seashells, mm-hmm. like all of like and it, that all feels like very like Daniel Waters choices, the screenwriter who did Heathers and Batman Returns. He's um a pretty wildly creative writer who is also if you know we watch Heathers, you know, the social satire is pretty strong in that movie so i think that he was probably brought in for that also wrote uh adventures of ford fairlane with uh andrew dice clay Clay. and uh hudson hawk with uh bruce willis so not all home runs yeah but like i think like some things are interesting like i like like i think like the idea of like you know a corporatist dystopian future kind of makes sense uh and yeah, like I think it's like yeah that's there's like a doing battle between social satire and kind of the libertarian yeah. drives of Stallone and Silver. Yeah, versus like yeah, because like what's interesting too is like Marco Brambilla is like a an artist, like a legitimate. I didn't I didn't realize this too. I was looking on his Wikipedia. Like he does like 
like conceptual like art piece multi-layered art pieces that mm-hmm. are like you know that reference like guy de board and like other french like i think it was a uh, god who's the other uh this was uh, not a happy experience for marco oh yeah i think he movie. never did another movie ever again yeah yeah but, yeah but uh but like yeah i think there is like something like i think like they're um to a certain degree, not always. Well, and he also did commercials too. So it's not like he's like entirely like a a, a snooty art guy. Well, but did you know who uh, recommended him for this job? You tell me. David Fincher. Weird. Was recommended to Joel Silver, <laughs> Marco Brambilla for Demolition yeah. Man, and um, the other interesting fun fact, you know who uh, was came up with the um, sea, the seashells idea was Larry Karaszewski, who co-wrote Dolomite is my name weird and ed wood yeah man yeah. that is yeah that is nuts that's so, so i guess um daniel waters was trying to come up with an idea for a futuristic restroom called larry who happened to be in the bathroom at the time when he accepted the call <laughs> and he looked around the bathroom and said he had a bag of seashells on the toilet as a decoration <laughs> so waters like okay i'll use that <laughs> See, that's like, yeah, we're missing movie that magic. Movies. Yeah, movie exactly. magic. <laughs> I'm going to, I think from now on, every director, if they're going to write, they should have one thing where they just look around their bathroom. Yeah, and, and Fred, like- Fred Decker did some uncredited rewrites on this, and he directed and wrote um, The Monster Squad and Night of the Creeps. And, yeah. he, and he came up with uh, Shane Black and all these guys, like all these like screenwriters who came up in the 80s and the early 90s who they almost every single one of them got a got a got a take yeah. on this screenplay. It is so fascinating seeing, yeah, like all these like ideologies and political like it seems like every kind of aspect of the entertainment spectrum is at play in this film for better. And it seems like the Joe Silver uh Stallone side kinda like is well, like they were the most powerful people on yeah, set. They're exactly. gonna win. Um yeah. you know, and yeah. <laughs> Probably the two people with the worst senses of humor. Yeah. On set the, too. yeah, but like, but like, for what it's worth, against all odds, Simon Phoenix. Um, against all, it's so wild and like fun and like this is the kind of thing like, you know, the movies today they're very good. There's yeah. a lot of very good ones, but almost every single one of them, like you go see the new Batman movie, you're pretty much gonna be like, okay, I, I'm gonna see a very competently made Batman movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, there's not going to be a ton of surprise. Like, yeah. if they, like, slit Batman's throat 25 minutes into the movie and just wanted to completely... Do, like, well, cool. Like, yeah, yeah okay. Like, suddenly it's the Riddler franchise. Yeah, like, neat. <laughs> That'd be pretty cool. I did That'd not be see that coming. Like, I've not seen... Spoiler alert, I've not seen the movie. But, yeah. um, but yeah, and this is like... But watching this, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> they oh, could, truly. They could do anything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, they could like say the, peanut butter is currency. No, the, I mean, like, the, the part where, like, yeah, like uh, uh, Snipes' lackey shoots Cocteau, and then Associate Bob is like, you know what? I'm going to work awesome. with you guys now. That rules. Awesome. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. yeah. It was, it, Glenn Shaddix is always good, but it uh, really, like, raised that character in my opinion. He's a total uh, mercenary. I love it. Yeah, yeah. He's my favorite. I love that. I have such a soft spot for that weird man. Uh, for Are his... you playing um, Associate Bob? 
in the remake, Patrick? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Hey, America, <laughs> uh, get me, please. If you're remake, yeah. get me to play Associate Bob. I'll don the kimono. Well, uh, I think you're going to get it after you replace Jeff Garland on the Goldbergs as the new dad, as yeah, we talked true. about a few weeks ago. <laughs> I'm going to get the uh, the rapid age makeup. <laughs> Make me look I'm your dad. Yeah, I'm your dad now. <laughs> I'm Goldberg. I'm the, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm the new Goldberg. Uh <laughs> Let's okay. We think we've done enough uh, talking and yeah. Snipes is great in both these movies. I don't know where I have no idea where we're going with this vote. I it's it's a real crazy one because I think there's ups and downs. Yeah, both of these movies. Uh, but first off, we got it. I mean, we, again, we got a wealth of options this week for our Harrelson of the week. Ooh, so I many. Jeez, we got a lot of a lot of top people. I mean, Patrick, you could even give it to the three seashells. If you Ooh, want to do those, but, sea, um, those seashells were fun. I do love those three uh, seashells. But, uh, Patrick, who do you got? Oh, for my hair. Oh, uh, you know what? Uh, there are a bunch of people that deserve it. Um, God, you know, I've already sung his praise, but what the hell? I'm going to give it to him anyways. Got to give it to my boy, Glenn Shaddix, his associate, Bob. Just a fun, great little side character that uh, with any other actor, it would have been kind of uh, boring and not like, you know, you would have forgotten, but just like, you know, it's Otho, man. Like, he brings that, like, Otho-ness. He brings that charm. He's so... And, like, for being such a, a port, portly man, he's so light on his on his feet. Like, I love, like, I don't know. Like, he just... He owns the physicality he brings to the performance is charming. So, gotta give it to Glenn Shaddix. Super funny. Amishi, how about you? Um, I think I'm gonna go with... Um, uh, again, lots of, lots of great choices. Yeah. Um, <laughs> lots of great performances. Uh, but I think I'll go with uh, Sandra Bullock yeah. for um, that's a good one. Well, saving and making some of those uh, Stallone scenes, I think she's she's really charming in the movie, yeah. you know. And you could tell, like, I mean, it was when was uh, Speed was the very next year, and that kind of put her over the top mm-hmm. as a star. But if you watch Speed, because Keanu is actually pretty funny, and he it isn't as like high strung. Stallone, <laughs> like they have a natural chemistry that she doesn't do anything different. It's just Keanu reacts warmer to all of what she's given him. <laughs> it's almost, yeah, it's almost as Keanu hasn't like completely lost his humanity. Oh, yeah, it's almost as if, yeah, <laughs> to drugs and yeah, to, uh, yeah. Uh, oh well. Well, oh, what a what a truly heroic man. We yes. but we've we've that we've covered that on the show before. Oh, yeah. Um. You know, boy, I was going to pick Sandra myself. You know, I, I could go with, uh, you know, whatever happened to Carmel Macchiato's. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to go. Um, I, I kind of, I didn't get a chance. You know, I didn't go as, dip. I thought, uh, I thought Vigo was great. It's Ronnie good. and yeah, Boiling Point. Good. I thought, I, you know, he really popped off the screen. You know, he, he's, I, I'm, a, I'm just a big fan. I love him whenever he shows up. He's always trying something. He's always a little strange, even in, like, I mean, I can't, not a great movie, but that part where he crushes an entire pizza in Green Book is still really, really funny. I mean, like, yeah. he falls oh, up a pizza. He, he goes with it. Or, like, he, yeah, he eats so much in that movie. Like, he eats, like, was it 50 hot dogs? Something Yeah, crazy. it's crazy. I mean, and, like, like put him in an eating contest. I, I almost wish that movie was just about him eating. Like, him doing, like, a food like, like, put him on a food show, man versus food. Vigo playing the guy in Green Book. <laughs> but I mean, even like, 
when he does like the Cronenberg stuff, he's so good. Yeah. And he he and he always is just I mean, like he brings like he's one of the few actors who can be really eccentric but also really sincere simultaneously. And it, um that's it, really tough. It feels like he cares. Yeah. It does yeah. it truly does. Yeah. He he's always like doing his best and trying stuff and he's always like I mean, even these like I mean, we loved him so much in Carlito's way, you know, going going back to that and when we watched that for the show. So, Vigo, hats off to you, mm-hmm. uh, Sandy, and of course Glenn Shaddix. But now, moment of truth, gentlemen. I mean, geez, we'll see here. Is it well, who moves on to the next round to play? Boy, are who are we playing here, Patrick? In the next round, it's um. Ooh. This one is, I think they're playing Passenger 57. Yes, they are. Mm, oh, um, no. Oh. This one goes against New Jack City. Oh, In uh, a real powerhouse matchup, Man, whatever that, it may be. Oh, uh, that's such boy. a good movie. Man, that'll be hard. That'll be hard. Imagine if it's New Jack City versus Demolition Man. Our minds are going to melt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the two, uh, man. So, um, Patrick, I'm gonna, you know, as usual, you know, you get the tough part. You get to go first. What do you got here? Golly, you know, I didn't realize how close it would be. Believe it or not, I came in here thinking Demolition Man all the way. Uh, Simon Phoenix, he bounces, he 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 jumps off the screen. He's so much fun. You can tell that Wesley Snipes is having a lot of fun playing this like wackadoo character. <laughs> uh, just total, yeah, just a total. Uh, like lunatic and he's enjoying every moment of it um boiling point though he's uh surprisingly good as a kind of like your basic lead um i think he really is committed in the role and i think he is like engrossing uh this in spite of what he is uh, given to work with um, the moments where he, the few moments where he gets to be off the leash a little bit, like when he gets to kick down the door or, uh, you know, say motherfucker or threaten, you know, Jonathan Banks, um, like it, it makes it pop even stronger. Like those moments, like really, um, uh, like feel vibrant when they occur. Um, man. If I'm going to be real, though, uh, for all of Demolition Man's flaws, and I know like some of it is like a nostalgia thing. I watched this movie at the right age, uh, and therefore my brain has been encoded to enjoy it to a certain degree. Um, I was never, I think with Boiling Point, unfortunately, I was kind of bored the last, th- there were times where I was kind of like looking at my clock and kind of like okay when's this movie gonna end Mm. and uh for what it's worth with demolition man even with all its flaws the movie does so many crazy things that i'm never i'm never bored i'm always like at least like semi-entertained watching it um and i think the thing too is wesley snipes is by far the best part of uh you know maybe not the no, yeah, I will say he is the best part. Like the movie is nothing without Boil uh Demolition Man is nothing without Wesley Snipes. You could have another actor play his character in Boiling Point, and I think it would be you could have Vigo in 
and snipe switch and it would be like like it's the same if not a better quality movie because snipes gets to act a little more and get to do have more fun so i'm gonna give it to demolition man it's tough though it's tough it was close surprisingly closer than i thought it would be so um patrick you make some you've made some excellent points about the entire episode frankly i mean you're um you know the stuff on boiling point was really had me thinking mm-hmm. quite a bit <laughs> boiling point and you know, I think Boiling Point is a better movie than I thought it was going to be mm-hmm. in some ways. I think Demolition Man was kind of worse than I remembered it. Totally fair. I think it's an easy movie to overhype. Yeah. But I got to say, you know, we're getting everything out of Snipes and Simon Phoenix. He's all of his movie star charisma, all of like what he brings, his action skills. It's just... I think he does some nice, nuanced stuff. Maybe if he had gotten more screen time as Jimmy Mercer in Boiling Point, maybe if the script had originally been written centered around him, Mm -hmm. we would have seen something different. But he pops. It's one of his most iconic roles. He plays it to a T perfectly to what is needed of him in the movie. It's got to be Simon Phoenix and Demolition Man for me, too. Yeah. How about you, Amici? Uh, yeah, I uh, definitely enjoyed both performances a lot. Um, but yeah, uh, I would definitely say maybe like through the, the second half of um, Boiling Point, uh, there were, uh, I think, some choices made that um, don't take away from the performance, don't enhance it. You know, like uh, towards the end, he, you know, he takes Red into, into the, the club. Uh, the shooting happens and Red just escapes and somebody else catches him. Yeah. You know, rather than, you know, our protagonist who should, you know, be doing the things. Yeah, he's messed it, up and let the guy escape. Let Mercer <laughs> capture the baddie. Yeah. 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 Uh, Not, don't give that to, yeah, don't give that uh, uh, honor to some schmuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I think... Um, that's just more for him to do. He has more fun with Demolition Man. Uh, he gets to bring more of his uh, creativity and uh, the things he can do as an actor to to that role. So uh, I have to go with Simon Phoenix as well. Yeah, three for three. You know, three votes for Demolition Man. I don't think, I think we were trying to talk ourselves a little bit into boiling point when we all kind of, I think, knew. Yeah, I really, there was a part of me that was like, I could just vote for boiling point. I could, but I had to, I had to go with my, the truth. I had to go with my, what I really thought, because it is like, as, as much as like, there is still a like and respect about Boiling Point. You just can't, yeah, you can't fight the Phoenix. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, this is us trying to talk ourselves into Sugar Hill over New Jack City. Yeah, that was I mean, the other thing, too. I almost classy did Classy performance, nice stuff, but yeah. we, we, know, we, we know what we want out of Wesley. I mean, it's, it's... Brown! Yeah, it's big, it's bold, it's flamboyant, it's fun, it's, you know, kind of yep. that dancer, you know. You know, and on that note, actually, perfect, uh, perfect transition to our next uh thing next uh game i don't know if wesley snipes has ever done a pure musical Mm. off the top of my head but i think he seems like a guy who'd probably be pretty good in one um so on that note we're talking this week's game is called snipe swap 
basically Wesley Snipes has played so many different roles. He's gotten so many different things, but he hasn't played all the roles. He didn't get all the roles. What if he did? Which one would you like to see? What in the history of movies, what would you like to see? Who, if Wesley Snipes could be swapped in, mm. what, what movie, what part? Patrick, do you want to go first? Oh, man. Uh, I can't believe this is the craziest uh, answer, and it's probably wrong, but <laughs> I would love, and I just thought of this now, so, you know, just off the top of the dome here, it's current day Wesley Snipes, uh, you know, we're using the time machine to bring him back to Terms of Endearment when James L. Brooks's Terms of Endearment was filmed. Oh. He current age like you know 50 late 50s early 60s is he late 50s yeah he's late 59 50s. he's gonna be turning 60 later this year Ooh, wow big birthday for wesley big birthday. he looks great yeah, uh but yeah. uh but uh yeah 60 year old wesley snipes you're bringing him back and he's in the jack nicholson astronaut role oh uh garrett breedlove yeah he is garrett breedlove wesley snipes is driving uh <laughs> Is, is driving is a Shirley McLean is driving Shirley McLean is still, still Shirley still yeah still Shirley yeah. still Shirley um around the beach uh you know he's doing Very crazy fun. yeah he's doing crazy he would be so wild like why I would love to see him and that's like a fun role too because he could be like a wild man but he could still like have like depth and like and I think Wesley Snipes could 100% you know bring that character to life pretty effectively it's a very fun choice. Um, Amici, how about you? Um, I think, um, what was I going to say? I had, I had one. I just lost it when I was listening to that. I can go if you want a sec. Okay, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my, I'm keeping it in the Academy Academy family on this one, Patrick. Ooh. I, I want to see... Younger Wesley, kind of similar age as uh, he is in these two movies we watched today, as Sonny in Dog Day Afternoon. Man, that's good. I think that 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 would be really exciting. You know what? I was just thinking, too, like, that's kind of like the movie missing from his oeuvre is kind of like that, like, frenetic, like, you know, uh, he needs like that movie where he can, like, be a real person, but still get to be a little crazy. Hmm. And that's like, that's man. Cause I think like white men can't jump is kind of like the closest, the closest one. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's that we've seen so far. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, and, uh, um, I have a, I have a uh, bonus as well. Um, mm. Steve Buscemi's part in Fargo. Oh, that'd be so fucking good. Doesn't matter which age you could do. You could do it. 93 Wesley or today. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, uh, I think he'd be so good. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd still yeah. end up in the wood chipper. <laughs> oh man yeah he'd be so much fun in that role uh i oh god i think he'd be really funny in a coen brothers movie yeah i he was thinking the right that. energy for it he could do yeah. like uh you know it wouldn't probably work for a variety of reasons but he could be like wesley like for some reason in my head i was like he could do george clooney and hail caesar he could do that like like that level of like doofy uh <laughs> kind of like an airhead actor. That'd be like, I think he could pull that off and be really fun and weird. He could do Clooney. He could do any of the ones Clooney played. I think because in Burn After Rooting, he'd probably have Clooney's part too in that one. I think oh, he'd be yeah. very funny. What was the one I was just thinking? Oh, if he played Woody Harrelson's part in No Country for Old Men, that brief scene he's in. <gasps> 
Mm-hmm. He would have really kick ass. We there. have not <laughs> seen Snacks yeah. with the cowboy hat yet. That yeah, dress him look. the same. Oh, oh man, you haven't seen him in a cowboy hat. He'd be great. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I've um, got I it. Figured out what remember what my one was. Um, I uh, I guess this sort of came out about uh, a few years earlier, um, but I think he would have been pretty cool as John McClane in Die Hard. Oh yeah. Yeah, he would crush yeah. that. Oh man, he's like, home yeah. run. Yeah, yeah. that's kind of like because he. I think he could. He's really good at uh, being a guy with a chip on his shoulder a little bit, or like just kind of mm-hmm. like I could see him like kind of like you know going through all the craziness and having to be like ah fuck I'm stepping on glass ah like yeah he could pull mm-hmm. that off really well. Yeah, with a plum. yeah, I think because Willis has got a similar quality where it's like you know he can pull off the jokes. But he can pull yeah. off physical stuff, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. can do an everyman kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, Willis yeah. actually might have been a better. Do you think he would have been good? In... You know, what? I don't know if he would have been good in Demolition Man as Spartan. Mm. I don't think so. I think like I think that's it's like... Arnold. I think you were right on your first call. The only yeah. real replacement is Arnold. Yep, that's true. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, if you're doing it today, The Rock. Yeah, The Rock could pull it up. Or Batista. Yeah, one of those yeah. big. Big uh, wrestlers. You got to get a guy who's kind of like Bruce Willis is never, he's not the biggest guy. You got to yeah. get a guy who's like kind of larger than life to yep. play John Spartan. Although, <laughs> one thing I read is that uh, the guy who plays the uh, the chief, Bob Gunton, the guy who plays like the chief of police of St. Angeles, he's taller than Sylvester Stallone. Yeah, Stallone's short. Yeah, Stallone's he's like, only like 5'8. Yeah, and, and Bob Gunton is six foot two. Wow. Boy, I cast him as John Spartan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that that's, guy. That's a, that's a swerve. <laughs> it's me, John Spartan. Yeah, I saw when I saw Stallone in person, he's he's um a little more like compact than you'd expect him to be. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. But it, it's so funny on Google it says his height is five ten, and I'm like, no, 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 come on now. No, no, no. Schwarzenegger's not that tall either. Like he's like Schwarzenegger is like 510 tops too. Oh yeah. Well anyone who like lifted like weights, like that'll yeah, that'll stunt you yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yep. It's like gymnastics. Oh man. Just like gymnastics. Just like gymnastics. <laughs> wow. What a journey we've been on on today's episode. <laughs> this My was goodness. a trip, folks. This was a trip. And somehow it's I only gonna get crazier in the next round where Demolition Man goes against New Jack City. I mean, it's gonna be a mind melter that episode i don't know nino brown versus simon phoenix i don't uh boy this is this is a this is a duke north carolina style matchup i don't know we got a, the the las vegas is concerned about this matchup we do not know which way it's going to go but it's going to get big ratings um next week of course the end patrick we've made it through the end of the first round wow Next week, we have the um, very provocative, very exciting first ever kind of, if this was the Meryl Streep category, this would be all 16 movies, the next round. (laughs) But Yeah, uh, the the serious films. The serious uh, human dramas. We have Jungle Fever versus One Night Stand. Um, I don't know. I've never seen One Night Stand. And uh, it's been a very long time for Jungle Fever, but I'm excited to revisit that. Yeah, um, I like Spike Lee and I, and uh, I like Mike Figgis, too. Yeah. Like the other, like just leaving Las Vegas, that was like a favorite movie of mine as a youth. 
And of course, of, of all kids love <laughs> leaving, Las, leaving Vegas. Las Vegas. I was a weird. I really liked the movie about Nicolas Cage drinking himself to death in high school. I was like, this movie's fun. I love this Spe- movie. Spe- speaks to me. I see my future. Here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I see myself as the weird, uh, <laughs> the, the, the weird uh, pimp. I don't know. Did uh, James Woods play that role too? It was like Julian Sands, I think. Oh, that makes yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like I feel like Julian Sands is James like, Woods is the pimp in Casino. Oh, yeah. uh, with Sharon Stone. Yeah. I feel like Julian Sands is kind of like if you can't get James Woods, you get Julian Sands. Yeah, Julian like, Sands at least is uh, not a psychotic Twitter conservative yeah. lunatic. So, some yeah, so, some would wish that Julian uh, Sands took every... That's a W. That's a W for Julian Sams. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, some would wish that yeah, Julian Sams took more of James Woods' roles. Yeah. Yeah, perhaps uh, <laughs> we need a sand swap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Amici, it's been so fun having you. Is there anything you'd like to plug on the way out? Um, sure. Um, my, my improv group has a podcast that we do, uh, the Can't Tell Us Nothing podcast. Uh, you can find out uh, more information about us on our uh, website, uh, ctunimprov.com. That's ctunimprov.com. Awesome. Hell awesome. yeah. It's well, a great you, listen. Thank you so much for joining us on this odyssey through space and time and Taco Bell and early 90s MTV <laughs> stories yeah. that you guys can relate to greatly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I mean, I think that for Patrick and Amici, I mean, I think there's only one thing left to say, and it is, well, what's your boggle? Yeah, what's your boggle? Um, yeah, hey, what is your boggle? What kind of kids eat armor hot dogs? Even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Armor.